1: This is the We Are Going Up podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 154 of We Are Going Up. I'm Mark Crossley and I kind of feel like I should be in a conga uh, with this played in the background, sipping a pina colada on the beach. David Cameron Walker, we're playing Casey in the Sunshine Band. That can only mean one thing. You've bloody done it. Come on, we're there. Na 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 na. Watford's <laughs> going up, going up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Watford's going up. Baby, give it up. Na 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 na. How,
2: ma- how many going years? up, going up. <laughs> Watford's going up.
1: How many years have we done this podcast for? And this is the very first time you can officially say that Watford are a Barclays Premier League club. How does that sound? It, it's amazing, really. Um, I and mean, I suppose it's
2: probably good news for all of our listeners out there. I was about I to tell, say, yeah.
1: <laughs> I won't have to bang on about Watford. Uh, you, more can than with every week. you can stop with a complaint. You can stop with a complaint. You've got to talk us through Saturday. I will explain the slightly differing microphones to everyone uh, listening in just a second because we're not in the same room right now. but no, first tell us about how you, how you found out, because you were in Newcastle on a stag, <sighs> weren't you? It was ridiculous. So, yeah, I was on a stag weekend,
2: as as we mentioned on the last episode. Uh, and on Friday night, I was in Edinburgh. And then on Saturday, we were going to Newcastle. So, obviously, we were playing lunchtime on Saturday. So... I was furiously trying to arra- rearrange the schedule to make sure that we were in a pub and could watch the, the game, but that wasn't possible. Trains had been booked and they were exact times and we had to be there. It was the military precision. So <laughs> so while the game was on, I was on a train um, on the, in, in the deepest, darkest Scotland, on the coast of Scotland, going from Edinburgh to Newcastle.
1: Well, You're relying on and, uh, your three or four G there, aren't th- you?
2: It was, it was one barely one G, to be honest with you, <laughs> most of the time. Uh, managed to get a couple of updates but uh, it was 1-0 I think to us when I got off the train and then I was kind of in transit for the next while and then uh, eventually found out we won 2-0, brilliant. Yeah, um, all good. So that's, you know, and at that time there was a couple of other Watford fans with me actually and we were both sort of, uh, we were all kind of thinking, obviously we want to go up but would we rather sort of go up next week when we you know, might all mm. be there and you win it in front of your own fans and everything. Uh, but Whatever happens, whatever will be, will be. And then, and then we had to go and play football in those big bubbles, those big zorbing bubble yes. football things. Brilliant! Yes. That was fantastic. Uh, then we had to go go karting, and uh, and the final whistle of the three o'clock games came in between the, the zorb football and the go karting. So I was in a right. taxi uh, in Newcastle, uh, furiously checking my my phone. That the I was fully up to four G at this stage in Newcastle City Centre, and um, and I was const- And I, I'd said it also. On my app, that I got alerts every time there was a goal at the Rotherham Norwich game and the and the Fulham Middlesbrough game, um, and and uh, you know it looked like for ages that we were going to be okay. Then Norwich scored, and it was like, oh, okay, no, we're not going to go up. And then then Rotherham equalised, brilliant. But then Fulham equalised, and then and then finally the last second, it's been a goal, a goal. Fulham, Fulham, Fulham go, scored four three. Draft. Draft. We've done it, and then final whistles went, and it was kind of Christ. We're up.
1: Like, I didn't know what to do. Did you, did you? Did you kind of hug the taxi driver? Did you hug the taxi driver?
2: I, I was in the back seat of a six-seater, so I couldn't reach. Oh. But I did have a German, i had a German guy sitting next to me, one of my friends' mates, and he didn't really wasn't really a football fan at all. And I was trying <laughs> to sort of explain to him what was going on. He just looked at me really weirdly because I—I I, I took about 15 attempts to take a selfie of me in the back of this taxi, <laughs> trying to sum up the moment, I and see I just that. couldn't get it right. It was wobbling all over the place, and he—he he didn't know what was going on. But it was strange. It was a strange moment to be. I didn't really have anyone I could
1: celebrate with, to be honest. But I was, just, I was happy. We were up and, and there you go. You've done it. Well, we're going to talk, or you're going to talk more specifically about that uh, in a second. Should we first explain the setup this week? Yeah. Um. So you're in, in London. Mm-hmm. Well, th- mate, this is basically like a terrible version of the Bugle, this, isn't it? Um, you're oh, I mean, in London. We should
2: never again mention us in the same breath,
1: Mark. This is basically like an unfunny Bugle. Um, with less politics and more football, yeah. you're in London, like Andy Zaltzman usually is. Although you're not... not, you're not in the United States of no. America, getting ready to present a huge TV show. That is true. I'm in my old bedroom at my parents' house in Bury. <laughs> <laughs> and that is where I am. But by the wonder of modern technology, this should sound vaguely like we're in the same room together. So that's the setup yeah. this week. We've already had one promotion between us this week. We could maybe, maybe be set for another on Saturday, so we will expand on that later. It's been a crazy week. There's been lots of ups and downs. In fact, we've got four promotions and four relegations to discuss on this week's show. Uh, The downs first, so cue the sad music. Here we go. Millwall, relegated. Wigan Athletic, relegated. Cheltenham Town, relegated. And Tranmere Rovers, relegated. Now cue the positive music, we've got the ups, Barnet have gone up, Shrewsbury have gone up, Bournemouth have gone up, and Watford have gone up, and we're going to talk about them all on this show today, but the only drawback DC is that I can't actually speak to the callers, which is a bit of a problem. We say a drawback. <laughs> well very true, so yeah, you've already done a couple of interviews, because I won't be able, I I won't be able to hear the callers, so who are we going to hear from later on, who's the second guest going to be?
2: Later, we are going to head down to the South Coast and speak to Michael Dunn. Been on the show before from the Bournemouth podcast All Departments uh, and have a chat with him about how he's feeling. Uh, Now that Bournemouth are all but promoted to the Premier League, there could still be a a 17-goal swing or something ridiculous against Charlton (laughs) on
1: Saturday, but they are basically, aren't they? They are. What a a night it would have been for them on Monday. Incredible Mm. pitch invasion at the end. We've got to talk about the uh, the chairman, I'm sure uh, you you talked about in the dressing room afterwards, swearing and all that. Uh, Fantastic scene. So we'll talk, um, we'll hear from Michael later. But first, we're going to start, we had to start with Watford. And like you say, everyone who uh, gets fed up of you going on about Watford, this is the last ever... Hopefully, on your behalf, Watford Interview, they're going to hear it on this podcast. And you've caught up with an old friend of ours. Absolutely. Uh,
2: Mike Parkin a.k.a. Rookery Mike, from the excellent From the Rookery End podcast, the, the Watford podcast, who recently celebrated their fifth birthday. And wow. what a way to crown the fifth birthday by uh, seeing the team go up into the Premier League. Yeah, we spoke to Mike about uh, he was there against Brighton on Saturday and, and he hung about in Brighton as well for to see the, the results coming in the three o'clock games and uh, a crazy day, crazy
1: season. And uh, yeah, we had a good chat. Unbelievable scenes. I'm guessing about five o'clock. Mm. Uh, you started by asking him to explain his emotions on Saturday.
0: Actually, absolutely extraordinary. The game itself was very, very nervous. It was. Um, it wasn't Watford's best performance, and I think perhaps the nerves got the, got to them a little bit. Um, and uh, for the last, for those of, who watched the game on Sky, they'll they'll have picked up that the last ten minutes was uh, was all bright, and they they threw the kitchen sink of it. And uh, but for a couple of uh, saves from Gomez and potentially a little patch of sand which saw the ball um, skip on, on skip on a funny direction and wider the post, um, Brighton may well have equalised. But but Watford held on um, and got that got that final goal and and got the win, which is what they've been doing for for pretty much the, the second half of the season, getting getting the results that count. Um, and then obviously all the Watford fans spilled out to the to the concourse at the Amex, and I've got to say at this point what a what a terrific place to go to to watch football. I have been there before, but not quite on a on a on a bright sunny uh, Saturday like it was last weekend. They put a lot of entertainment on around the concourse. Yeah, they
2: kept they tried to keep the fans there, didn't they? Because they knew the results were going to be crucial yeah. for the rest of the day.
0: They do they do it before and after, uh, David. And I think they they call it the the Amex Community Stadium, and it, and and that I don't think they're just paying lip service there. I think they really work hard to sort of put an, uh, on a show before and after the um, on 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 and after the game, and that 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 really played into our hands, obviously, because having got the result. We all breathed a massive sigh of relief. There was huge, um, magnificent scenes as the as the Watford coach uh, sort of chipped off into the distance. There was Watford fans surrounding it and sort of guiding it back onto the motorway, singing and dancing, um, and then got off on with the serious uh, the serious business of having a few beers in the sunshine and, and watching the results come in. But I don't think there was anyone who seriously expected both uh, Norwich and Middlesbrough to slip up. Especially when you take into account the uh, the season and how it's panned out so far, no one no one's blinked until the afternoon, and and it just so happened that both of them did. Watford had done their bit, and uh, lo and behold, there was uh, there were people in the in the news in the sea on Brighton Beach. Run,
2: <laughs> I'm sure they are in the pond and Watford High Street as well. Uh, so, I mean, now that Premier League has status has been secured, the team are promoted, and they may well be champions at the weekend. Just looking back. On what hasn't been uh, a plain sailing season for Watford by any means, if you remember the early days, As listening to this, as you, as you well know, four managers, Jukanovic is the fourth manager or head coach Watford have had this season. Where do you really think the turning point was in, from, from kind of that early turbulence to, to motoring on as we've seen them done in the, in the late stages?
0: I think it's important at this point to, to dispel that that the, the sort of aura around that four manager thing. It's, it's going to get quoted throughout the summer, I'm, I'm absolutely sure of it. But if you look back, it's not as it's not as odd as it perhaps might might seem to the to the outsider. Um, Sanino was wasn't wasn't working despite Watford were second when he left, but but it wasn't working. We weren't winning many away games and so on and so forth. So so he went. Garcia came in. Had health had health problems. He had to go, and and the McKinley one is the most interesting, and, and, in a funny way, the most impressive because they after Garcia resigned, they instantly gave Billy McKinley the job, but almost just as quickly took it off him. And while that's absolutely cutthroat and uh, and and bad for Billy McKinley, and, it, and I still feel obviously still feel sorry for him, that was an indication of how serious this regime is about delivering success for Watford. They knew they'd get a load of abuse. Uh, they knew they'd Watford fans would be worried and they knew the media would be on their back. But what they also knew was that Billy McKinley wasn't the man for the job and they needed someone else and they acted decisively. What m- most other owners would have done, or chairman, I suspect, is given it two months and then thought, well, OK, it hasn't worked, we've lost three on the bounce, whatever, and then got rid of him. But this, what the Potsos did was they acted decisively they felt that was in the best interest of the club, and they did it. And and the proof of the pudding has been very much in the eating, because since um, Jekanovic arrived, they've turned Watford into into a team, into the team that, as Watford fans, we hoped they would be. Um, I think most people are aware that Watford have got talented individuals, um, the likes of, of Vidra, Dini, um Abdi, uh, Angelo at the back, and so on and so forth. There's There's a lot of players who have made headlines, but they haven't quite hit the heights that we did um, in patches under Zola. And Jutanovic has come in and he's toughened them up. Um, he's installed a bit of grit and determination. Uh, he's, I think he's given them a boot up the backside. And he said, if you're going to win this league, if you're going to get promoted from this league, you need to do it yourself. You cannot turn up at places like Huddersfield and, and, and Charlton or whatever and expect to get a result because you're better players. And I don't, mean, I don't mean to sound big-headed when I say they're better players, but they are. But what they weren't doing is turning up and playing as a team. And Jukanovic, has, has just in, they're just a machine now. And that, that, that stems from the back, the midfield, and, and, and they're obviously lethal up front. And just every credit to Jukanovic. I will, I will say that um, we mentioned Befe Sennino and it, and it wasn't quite working. I think we are reaping the benefits of, um, of his defensive work because what he did, he stopped the rot that had set in when Zola took over. And he, his, his main task was to stop us conceding goals. And he did that. And we've managed to maintain that and, and, and kick on with, with a bit of creativity and flair. And, yeah, we've thoroughly deserved this promotion. It's, and, and it's just what a magnificent time to be a Watford fan.
2: I think you're right to heap praise on the job Jukanovic has done. I mean, obviously, he's, he's taken the team up. But, I mean, I still get the impression, that as, as a Watford fan, you know, hearing people on the radio, reading stuff in the press, that they're still... The first thing that gets mentioned when Jukanovic is looked at is that he's the fourth coach and that, you know... There are still some people you know, raising question marks about will he be the next season. And it seems that like the outside world still, in some way, shape or form, are a bit suspicious of, of the foreign manager. Uh, but he's been so impressive. I mean, he had a little bit of a rocky start when he lost four on the bounce. But uh, since we won that away game at Fulham on a Friday night, the 5-0 victory, but and large, we've, we've been an absolutely superb team since then. And and the most impressive thing to me, the, the, for, 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 from Jukanovic, is his ability to make changes game in game out changes the, the shape and the formation and the, and the lineup every week which is normally considered to be a bad thing and and in games as you saw against Brighton makes the sub after 25 minutes Anya goes off Tozer comes on he can spot things he knows what we need to do each game to be successful and if that doesn't work there's a plan B and a plan C he's got real tactical nous
0: yeah absolutely and he and he's proved that um time and time again um, during the run-in and, and really when it counts, you know, these last 10 to 15 games when when, when it was Watford, Norwich, uh, Bournemouth and Middlesbrough just winning relentlessly, win, 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 win. There's an the occasional draw thrown in there. And so Watford were in some really tricky situations uh, right up against it. And, and he's just showed confidence in his own ability, confidence, of course, in the players as well because cause making a change, um, the most recent one, as you mentioned, was the Brighton game when he brought Kecianya off after... After twenty odd minutes, um, and there's a lot of fact in the head. Oh, was he injured? But of course he isn't. Škofanović uh, is making a change, but he trusts his players to to in game switch formation, adapt to the new um, adapt to the new sort of game plan, and and get on with it. Because you know you've got to work on the basis that that most teams are working on a plan for for the for the days or week running up to a game. Um, And I think that shows Hugh's confidence in himself and in the team. And it just goes to show, I think, the the, the talent and the depth that he's in that Watford squad.
2: Now, a lot of the focus since Watford were promoted, all the pictures on Monday morning in the papers were of Troy Dini, the captain, number nine, wheeling away in celebration down at Brighton. Uh, and, you know, question marks will always be asked about the the goal scorers. Are they going to be able to step up in the Premier League? And before I ask you uh, your opinion of, of Troy Deeney as a footballer going forward, I just want to play now a bit of a clip of an interview that you guys did on the From the Rookery End podcast recently with Troy, sitting down with Troy over dinner and having a, a really, really interesting discussion about how Troy had got to this point in his career. He's been through lots of ups and downs over the last few years, very well documented, and he he wasn't hiding away from any of those things when he talked to you. So let's hear a bit of that interview now. Something that my granddad always used to say to me,
3: give your head a wobble, because like I was in a great opportunity, and if I had the mindset I had now, arguably, I could have helped us get up that year, because Daddy had a good season, Marvel had a good season. She probably only needed somebody else to have it. A good scoring record for that to be a great season. Regret, I have regret for the, the situation, i.e., someone got hurt, and obviously that, that lasting effect that, that that will have on that person, I have regret for that. But for me, it was possibly the best thing that could have ever happened.
2: That's Troy Deeney speaking to the From the Rookery End podcast. If you want to hear the whole interview, and it's really worth a listen, whether you're a Watford fan or not, just go to at Watford Podcast on Twitter. You'll find all the details there. So, Mike, Troy Deeney, uh, you've obviously spoken to him at length. Uh, He's a player that you've watched countless times over the last five years. Do you think he's got what it takes to step up and be a successful Premier League striker?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously we're, we're speaking just at the end of the season, so we've got a little bit of excitement and the uh, the adrenaline's still running through our veins and you like to think that, that all of the guys who have performed so so far for us this year will we'll be able to next year. But I think the thing about Troy is he's improved year on year. He's got stronger, he's got quicker, he's got tougher and his finishing is, uh, you know, the Brighton goal. Again, we keep talking about the Brighton goal, but... What a great goal! One touch to take it away from the defender and slotted it in in the corner. Keeper no chance. He's now an instinctive striker, and I'm absolutely um, fascinated and excited to see what he'll do in the Premier League. He he will get his shot with Watford in the in, in the top top division, which is what we all as Watford supporters crave. And I think he's going to be a real handful um, for, for Premier League defenders because he's he's like an old-fashioned uh, rough and tough big 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 striker. He, he's strong, and he won't take any. Um, he won't take any backward steps; he knows what he wants and he knows how to achieve it and he's hungry to learn um he's, He doesn't think he's the big I am despite having scored you know over over sixty goals in three seasons. He knows that this is the start of the journey for him really um he's he He's taken this extraordinarily seriously as, as you'd hope, and he'll be doing everything he can in in over the summer to make sure that he hits the ground running and that includes I think talking to other other professionals I know he talks a lot to to Tommy Mooney at Aston Villa. And just you know, he's just he just feels like he's a he's a sponge at the moment. He's trying to do everything he can to make his game as good as good as possible. And I think as Watford supporters, we've seen that incrementally over the five years that he's been here, culminating in what has been just just an outrageous season this year. The way he's pulled Watford through some of the games, just running till he's till he to a standstill and just uh, you know letting the opposition know we're not going anywhere in this in this in this game we're not going anywhere in this championship race and and the team have followed him he's been a leader in absolutely every every respect
2: and what about the rest of the team then from my point of view the midfield looks pretty solid especially if the uh, the loan signing of Adlan Gediora is made permanent Alman Abdi if he stays fit is a player that i'm very confident can you know grace the premier league uh, tosa ben watson's been there before but despite there has there have been defensive improvements i think under jakanovic but i'd still look at that defensive uh, unit whether it be a back 3 or or a back 4 and i think that's probably the the that should be the focus i think some experience premier league experience perhaps in the defence if we if we're going to have a chance of staying up
0: yeah i think so i think de- definitely from the the wing backs i think if we're going to be deploying mm. wing backs i think we'd be looking to get someone with a bit more a bit more experience in um that's not going to come cheap and, and won't be easy, of course. But with the with the scouting network we've got, we can we can have a look out there. But yeah, I think I think defensively is probably where we initially need to need to shore up and sort of on the on the on the left and on the right. I think in Angelo in Cathcart, uh, Tommy Hoban, uh, we've got some absolutely superb central defenders. Um, and uh, Angelo, I think, is a, is a wonderful footballer when he's playing in a confident team. He looks every bit the, the Premier League player. But I think you're right to hint at the fact that we have the propensity to look a little bit shaky at times. But that's the nature of the championship as well. Teams don't take a backward step. They're always coming at you. They always believe they can nick a goal or get something out of the game. Um, And it's often very hasten Jason. And I think they're going to face a very different challenge in the Premier League in as much as there might not be so much pressure on them throughout the game. Uh, But when the chances do arise, they tend to end up in the back of the net if you're not very, very careful. Um, And I think it's worth mentioning at this point as well, Gomez, I think uh, is goal for us. He he pulled off some absolutely outstanding things. A, he's a player
2: that still gets, uh, again, when when people who aren't as familiar week in week out with Watford they still say, "Oh, that Gomez, he's a bit of a flapper, isn't he?" Got a bit of an error in him. But as far every time I've seen him play this season, from from the first pre-season friendly that I came to with you guys uh, at Boram Wood, I, I was really taken by his ability to communicate with With the rest of the defense and the rest of the team he he's the captain, but it feels like to me that gomez is your vice captain he's He's a leader you know at the other end of the pitch, and he he barks out his orders and and uh, as well as being a fine goalkeeper as well
0: yeah he's definitely a presence he's a big presence um he's possibly a bigger man sort of in in steps than a lot of people realize as well and and you're right, I think he does. Um, he makes himself known back there, and, and that was something that had been lacking prior to, to Almunia before him arriving. And it does make a big difference. Someone who can organise, someone who can shout, someone who can, you know, let the opposition strikers know you're there, let you know you're thinking of the game, and you're and you're in it. But his, his shot his shot stopping in the in the running has been absolutely extraordinary. You could put together a a real. Um, so real of his, of his saves. There's been some absolute worldies over the last last couple of months. And, and if anyone's helped um, Watford secure this promotion, it's uh, he, he's played an absolutely huge part.
2: Last two times we were promoted to the Premier League, first under Graham Taylor in '99, and secondly under A.D. Boothroyd in 2006. But both times were real surprises. They were teams that nobody expected to be up there. Both of the times they got up through the playoffs and, and both times... The Premier League season was pretty miserable. Bottom, both times by a distance. And, you know, it was great to be up there, but really we didn't have that much fun while we were there. But this time it feels different. You know, this is the end of a a culmination of of three seasons of of gradual building. And we've got a fourth stand now. The training ground is excellent. You know, the the academy is, is still producing players and is still, you know, one of the best in terms of facilities at our level. You know, we are set up to be a Premier League team and to establish ourselves far more than we ever were in the last two occasions, I feel.
0: Oh, 100%. This, uh, you make, no doubt, you make no bones about it, this squad was put together to achieve Premier League status. The other two times, obviously, you're trying to, obviously you're trying to rise through the leagues, but as you said, it was a bit of a surprise. Uh, pretty grim and efficient um, with, with A.D. Boothroyd and, and we just went up on sort of, well, you know, there's the magic of GT when we went up before but it was a surprise and we went up late through the playoffs, we didn't have a lot of money to spend um, and we weren't able to strengthen sufficiently to, to stay in the division. This time is, it couldn't be more different if you, if you tried. It, it, this, this, has been, this project, this squad has been put together to, to exactly this end. It, most people will expect Watford to go back down, even even with their their, their understanding of, of the Pottos, they will expect Watford to go down because they they remember the Watford that we were just talking about, the one that came up under Taylor, the one that came up under Boothroyd, uh, not playing particularly um, scintillating football, no no household names, uh, and bottom of the Premier League. That's what that's what most people remember. We're a different kettle of fish now, and what what I'm actually hoping is, and what I'm quite enjoying about the the media coverage since our since our promotion. It's actually been quite limited, um, and people instead choosing to, to to focus on Bournemouth, which I completely understand because they're doing exactly what Watford did in the 80s, rising right from the bottom all the way to the top, and it's a magical story. I don't blame the media for for being more interested in Bournemouth at all. But what I think it might help us a little bit is, and I think it's actually helped us in the running in the in the um, in the Championship this year too, because we're probably the smallest out of the challenging clubs. There's, there's Brighton, uh, there's Bournemouth um, who, are the, who are the fairy tale that everyone keeps calling it, but then you've got Norwich who are in the, the Premier League before that uh, and you've got Middlesbrough as well. Both get bigger crowds than us. Both been in the Premier League more recently and I think people were, were, were hoping Bournemouth went up but expecting one of uh, Norwich or Middlesbrough to go up and we've, we've taken advantage and just nipped in and I think people, I wonder whether people will have their eye on us um, as, as serious candidates for staying up next year and
2: I think that that might play into our hands, would not it? Well, Mike, thanks very much for joining us. And I, I suppose there's a chance that this might be your last ever appearance on on the podcast. Unless it all goes horribly wrong, then we'll we'll have you back a, back in a year when we're all back in the Championship in a football league club once again.
0: Perhaps if you do a League Cup special, uh, David, I'll happily yeah. come back on. But if, if this is the last time I've talked to you on this podcast, With the
2: greatest respect, I'll be delighted. So will I. Mike, thanks very much. This is the We Are Going Up
1: podcast. We've got the Football League covered. That was DC speaking to Mike Parkin from the From the Rookery End podcast. And, um, well, the good sort of positive spirits are going to continue, DC, because you're not the only team to be promoted to the Premier League this week.
2: No, we're going to be joined there by Bournemouth, uh completed their promotion uh, all but against Bolton on Monday night a 3-0 victory and you know it, it the reaction has been quite interesting hasn't it. Uh, mm. we, we mentioned it quite a while ago that there was perhaps some people who weren't aware of Bournemouth's uh backing and the money that they've spent, you know, it's not been not been loads and loads and loads, but they certainly have spent money on, on fees and wages to get to the position they're in. And But gradually, as they've got closer and closer to getting promoted, people have been picking up on that. And and it's kind of the tables have turned almost now in the media that and and on Twitter almost a lot of people resenting Bournemouth all of a sudden for getting <laughs> promoted because they've got a, a foreign owner who who's given them you know a fair bit of money and I, and I think it's gone too far in the other direction now to be honest and it's still a remarkable story no matter how they've done it they were recently in League Two with a
1: seventeen point deduction well exactly I remember watching Barry play there um, in League Two a couple of times. Um, and there was a car park behind the goal and they were a million miles away from playing at Anfield and at Old Trafford and at the Etihad and Stamford Bridge and so on but they will be doing just that next season so you caught up with Michael Dunn from the All Departments um, Bournemouth podcast we've had him on the show a couple of times before and um, you come on to the the mixed reaction but you started by asking Michael how it feels to be a Bournemouth fan and see your team his team in the Premier League
3: it's quite overwhelming really it's been a, an epic 48 hours since the game, during the game and, and the two days after. We, we found ourselves, for the very first time, receiving saturation coverage uh, nationally <laughs> yesterday. It's died down a bit, I think, um, across the country today. But locally, as you can imagine, it's still by some distance the biggest story in town. And because, like you said, it's never happened before... I mean, your team, Watford. You've been up and down a few times. It's it's it takes a lot of getting used to. But as you can imagine, it's it's absolutely fantastic.
2: And mentioning the the reaction, it, it's been quite strange. I mean, I, I've spoken about it on a number of occasions when we've mentioned Bournemouth, and and some people have kind of taken it as though I've had a bit of a problem with Bournemouth, and that that isn't the case at all. I mean. I, I was always more. I always had more of a problem with the way you were being perceived by others than than you yourselves. I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no problem. I've got no issue with teams spending money or having rich owners because I don't think that takes away from what is a fantastic job by Eddie Howe and the squad of players there and the staff there. You know, in getting promoted, and you've been promoted because you deserve to be promoted. You've been a fantastic team this season, and you know that's that's the the bottom line, really, isn't it? You deserve it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go through the whole season, there's 45 games gone now. Us and yourselves are going to be promoted. I mean, you're definitely up. We're up, barring some absolutely miraculous swing in goal difference. And, you know, as they say, the league table doesn't lie. All the other nonsense that's gone on, I think, has been uh, a little bit of needle between some of the fans. But football is uh, a tribal game, and people react like that. But it's a very... Small percentage of football fans, I think, that actually take a public stance about those sort of things. Most of them either keep it to themselves because they know, really, it's just a knee-jerk reaction, or they or they realise that you know, that success in football comes and goes. This is our time, and and we're just enjoying it. And most of the reaction that I've seen has been entirely positive. And you know, we've, it's it's an amazing story, and it's it's been told time and again. Probably over the last few months and certainly over the last 24 hours. But I don't uh, tire of hearing it, and, uh, and nothing can really, really take that away. And, and, and we're just trying to enjoy it.
2: I think one of the most impressive things about the club is that everyone sort of focuses on the fact that this is going to be a club with the second smallest stadium to ever grace the Premier League you know they are you've come from very humble origins over the in the recent past you're nearly going out of business you know having that 17 point deduction in 2008 but when you've seen for instance when the Football League show have done features on you and Clem's come down or I've seen interviews with Eddie or pieces in the paper about the club it looks like you know it would be easy to, to take on that we are little Bournemouth mentality and maybe use that as an us against the world thing but that's not what they've done at all the club are very much from what I can see saying we are ready to go up into the Premier League Every, or even just even just down to the little details of how stylish the kind of training ground is and all the, the montages on the walls and the the pictures and the quotes and everything about the culture of the club seems to be that we believe in ourselves and we are good enough and we deserve to be where we are
3: yeah and I think that comes from the people inside the club, the owner, who's very quiet, but everything you hear about him is positive. The chairman, who I think, does a great job in public. Well, we saw him the other night <laughs> swearing on, on Sky Sports and losing his mind in the dressing room. Well, it's, it's um, better
2: than the last time one of your chairmans was swearing <laughs> in the media, isn't it?
3: Yeah. yeah, we much prefer that type of publicity. And, um, and of course, the manager, who, who's received, and rightly so, the plaudits um, recently because he's done such a good job and they have changed like you mentioned the culture around the club for really the entire history up until very recently in the town we've been seen as just a small plucky little club with occasional successes and lots of the usual lower league issues finance and so forth that that, that lower league clubs have that has been swept away at least locally and that has made a big difference the way that, that the team and the club have approached each season and we've had success after success in the past five or six years following a very, well, one of uh, quite a few, but uh, probably the worst rush we had with going out of business when we nearly went out of the Football League. Um, but that's all changed now and we've climbed the league and it's just one positive step after another. And I mean, we're going to be perceived nationally still as a small club for obvious reasons. We have every part of our history <laughs> has been... Uh, what you would describe a small club as having a small stadium. We've had very little success. We've got a small fan base. But at some point, small clubs can grow. And we've seen clubs grow from very humble origins uh, in recent years. I mean, you look at Hull. I can remember them being down with us. Uh, Burnley, although they've got a little bit more of a glorious history. Uh, Wigan, who've unfortunately hit bad times recently but came from a, a similar position to ourselves. And, you know, it's our turn now, hopefully, uh, it'll all end up smelling a roses as time goes on, but we're just enjoying the moment right now.
2: So It very much looks like the players and Eddie Howe believed from day one this season that the promotion was what they were going to achieve, but when did you and the fans start to believe that, God, this could really happen here?
3: Well, the last time I was on this show, which was quite a while ago, you asked me, um, did I think it was on? Did I think it was going to happen? And we were probably top of the league, maybe in the top two at that point, and I think I said I did. Um, and it was quite, <laughs> felt like quite a big statement to make. I'm usually superstitious about saying things like that, but the way we were playing, the way we were putting the results together, and like, obviously I'm seeing the team play most weeks, and the performances and the belief around the club, and it just felt like this, this is going to happen. And I felt it quite early on. You don't believe it until it's confirmed, until it was confirmed the other night, but probably from, I'd say, around November onwards, I felt we were in with a very good shout of going, of going straight up. And because of the way the season went, we led the league for a long time. Obviously, you're on top at the moment, and we'd like to win the title, but we'll see what happens on, on Saturday and may the best team win and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, just reading every new statistic, we were breaking the records, records for away goals. Um, we beat our club record league win when we beat Birmingham 8-0. The points we were accruing, the amount of time we spent at the top of the league was all. You know, if that was any other club, I'd be looking at them thinking they're going to go straight up. It's only because it's your own club and you don't believe it can happen that you have those doubts. But yeah, I mean, largely, I probably believed it could happen deep down for about six months.
2: So looking at the squad and and the prospects of survival next season, Eddie Howe has been hailed as the the English special one in some of today's papers. And there's going to be a lot of focus on Eddie Howe, but crucially as well, it's it's, it's what they do or don't do to the squad and in the transfer market in the summer that can often decide your fate. How do you think it will play out? Do you think a lot of these players will get a chance or do you think money needs to be spent?
3: Um, I think a lot of the players will get a chance. We certainly will be adding to the squad. We've also got the challenge of holding on to the players, which there's a lot more chance of that happening now that we've been promoted. And I know there's a lot of harmony inside the dressing room, so There's more chance of them staying. It's impossible to say what's going to happen. Most people looking at it would say, well, Bournemouth are going to have their their one season in the spotlight and then they're going to get relegated. And I suppose if you were looking at it logically and historically, that could easily happen. At the same time, I think we've got such a winning mentality. We've got an extremely talented manager (laughs) who's starting to be recognised a bit more. Um, And if we can keep the squad together and add to it, I I think within the Premier League, as everyone knows, there's more than one league being played out. There's the teams at the top who are gunning for the title in the Champions League places. But probably from 10th place down, I don't see why we can't compete with those teams. And although you mentioned about the small club mentality, etc., And a lot of us fans will be thinking, oh, well, you know, it'd be great if we could just hang on by goal difference to, you know, one place above relegation. I don't think that would be the attitude of the manager and the players. I think they'll be looking to finish as high as possible. And I'm not saying that we're going (laughs) to surprise anybody and get into Europe or anything like that. But I I just think that we've got everything right at the club at the moment. And if if the stability within the, the 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 management team and and what goes on off the pitch continues and also uh, we can hold the squad together and make one or two additions with one or two bits of quality, then I think we will be able to compete.
2: Just looking at some of those players individually, I think there are some interesting uh, examples here. I mean, Callum Wilson has been one of your main sources of goals up front. He's been a live wire up front. He's had a real excellent season since you signed him from Coventry. Uh, So there'll be a focus on him. But someone like Matt Ritchie as well, who is a player that every time he's been asked to step up a league, he's done it superbly. He was, he was Player of the, of the Year in League Two with Swindon, uh, then stepped up to League One when you signed him, Player of the Year in that division. He wasn't far off winning Player of the Year either in the Championship this season. He scored impressive goals all the way through. So it'll be interesting to see whether he's a player you know, with a slightly different um, you know, history over the last few years as Wilson, but both of them, whether they can, they can step up and, and be Premier League players.
3: Yeah, we've got a lot of talented players in the squad, in the team. We've picked largely the same team most weeks. I mean, that's one thing that has gone in our favour this year in terms of we haven't had a lot of suspensions. We certainly haven't had a lot of serious injuries. I think Wilson's only missed two or three games this season. Uh, and Richie, I think, has played pretty much every game. We've had a very stable first eleven, And, yeah, those players... Uh, Wilson is, is a fantastic finisher. And he is just so quick in and around the box and he's just a nightmare to play against. And although he's not the biggest, he's very, very strong as well. And he seems to be able to deal with much larger uh, defenders and, and, and shrug them off. Richie is very, very skillful and um, he has a, a really uh, zinging shot and he's scored most of his goals um, that they certainly haven't been tap-ins. You know, come from in and around the edge of the box. Um, and I can see those two, yeah, I mean, I can see them all doing well in the Premier League if they get their chance. And looking across the squad, I think seven of the players that started on Monday night played for us in League One. And the managers it just seems to be able to get the best out of them. Uh, and there's a couple of good examples which prove that. Uh, there's Harry Arter, who, was our, who won most of the Player of the Season awards uh, at Dean Court the other night. Callum Wilson won a couple of others. Uh, he was bought for £4,000 from Woking a few years ago. And, he, you know, he's, he's been in the top 10 lists in the championship this season in the last few weeks. And he, I, I mean, he's, I, I think he's been the best player in our team from my point of view. I voted for him in player of the season. He's, he, he's weighed in with the goals. He's, he's tenacious in midfield. And he's got a great range of passing as well. Um, and there's also uh, Mark Pugh, who we signed from Hereford when we were back in League One. Uh, and I remember we, <laughs> we bought him, And it went to a tribunal and they declared that we'd have to pay 60,000 for him, which uh, Jeff Mostyn, or maybe it's Eddie Mitchell, our old chairman at the time, said they thought it was a bit steep. Mm -hmm. And then we had to pay another 40,000 based on appearance and success. It looks like a snip now. And and he uh, he played brilliant in League One. Uh, he, He came into the championship last year and he didn't look like the same player. But this season he's played out of his skin and he's been absolutely brilliant. And the value of those players must be sky high now. And I can see Eddie sticking with most of them and maybe, like I said, adding one or two bits to improve the team. And hopefully it will uh, it will pay dividends in the Premier League.
2: Although, would you look at Burnley and maybe maybe that would give you cause for concern because they've largely stuck with the players that got them up. And, and indeed, there, are, there has been a bit of crossover in terms of personnel and, and managers between the two clubs in the last few seasons. So, <laughs> you know, a player like Danny Ings, for example, Charlie Austin was there a little while ago. And, you know, would you... Would you, uh, would you look at Burnley, who look like they will probably be relegated, barring you know, a few really surprising results in the last few games of this season, would you look at them and think, right, well, let's stick with our core, but we really do need to maybe do something like Leicester have done and spend maybe, if it's required, £10 million on a striker or, or a key player?
3: Yeah, possibly. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I couldn't see us splashing uh, huge amounts of money. Uh, we tend to be quite frugal, and the money that we've spent has been offset by money we've received in transfers. And we were fortunate last summer we got about $6 out of the Adam Lallana transfer as well. Um, But we're obviously going to be in a position to spend a bit bigger now. But I can see us probably going more down the Burnley line. I I haven't followed their story that carefully in terms of what they've done with the riches that they've received getting in the premiership. But I I would expect at Dean Court the, the finances to be managed very carefully and the trust to be put in the players. It depends. I guess at Christmas, if we're languishing at the bottom, then we might splash out. But it won't just be uh, spending for spending sake. So we didn't sign anybody in the transfer window this January, and there was a lot of negativity.
2: Um, not for like, the one of trying, though, wasn't it? You didn't nearly uh, try to sign we Gray from, from Birmingham.
3: Sorry, Gray, yeah, yeah, that didn't work. I'm not sure what happened there, um, but we didn't sign anybody in the end, and. and uh, then we had a bad result, run of results in February, but it's all worked out now. Of course, we've had Kenwyn Jones on loan, but yeah, I can't I, see I can't see us spending big. Uh, I'd be surprised. Um, I'd say probably be a, pretty careful with the purse strings, and and the trust would be put mainly in the manager to get the best out of the players that he has in his squad at the start of the season.
2: And of course, the manager Eddie Howe is the guy at the centre of this story in many ways. You know, Bournemouth. Uh, absolute folk hero will be forever enshrined in the club's history after what he's done as the manager in, in, over his two spells in charge I and mean, how long do you think Eddie Howe if he continues and if he impresses with Bournemouth in the Premier League how long do you think you'll be able to keep hold of him or because uh, uh, certainly co- he's been asked that question already and the answers seem to be that you know he's committed to Bournemouth but we've heard that many times before and a, a big <laughs> offer comes from a big club in January things could change
3: yeah I mean he's possibly the hottest property in English football, certainly amongst English managers at the moment. And there's no keeping him under the radar anymore. So he's going to get offers. I think he went to Burnley, as everybody knows, as the song goes, and then he came back and he didn't, I think, enjoy the experience up there and he didn't, uh, there was other issues. I mean, unfortunately, his mother died whilst he was away and he, He's very close to his family. I think he's got uh, four siblings and he wasn't really able to spend much time with them. Uh, and they've got him and his wife have got two young boys and she's from this area. So I think all that kind of adds up to make most Bournemouth fans think he'll be staying on for a little bit longer. But my biggest fear is him leaving the club, whether he leaves, which would be most likely for a bigger job. Although it would have to be quite a big one and it'd have to be, I guess, a London club somewhere like that because I can't see him travelling up north and... Living away from this, It'd be more, <laughs> more of the Harry Redknapp approach. Driving up from this area every day and that kind well, of thing.
2: Interesting. You, you mentioned those, you know, London and Harry Redknapp. I mean, he, he could echo Harry Redknapp in, in moving from uh, from Bournemouth to West Ham.
3: Yeah, it's possible. He's been he's been touted a lot recently. I think mainly by uh, the press and West Ham uh, fan sites and so forth, uh, linked with them. Uh, you don't know in football. I mean, anything could happen. You never know. I didn't think he was going to leave and go to Burnley. Before he left for Burnley, he came out of the front of Dean Court and told the press uh, he'd been offered a job somewhere. I think it might have been Crystal Palace. And he said yeah. he came out days yeah. before and said, I'm not going, I'm staying, and we we're all delighted. And then by the end of the week, he'd up sticks and gone to Burnley. So you just don't know. And we've seen it time and again at loads of football clubs where, where players and managers you know, will say one thing and something else will happen. My gut feeling is he will stay for a few more years. Um, if he continued to be successful. My other worry is that, and I hope this doesn't, and this would be the worst possible thing that could happen, is that we would be languishing at the bottom of the Premier League for a few months and things would start to become negative around the club. The finger of blame would start to be pointed at him and he'd lose his job. And, and you know, that, that seems almost impossible to comprehend now with what he's done for the club. I I had a spare moment at work uh, yesterday, and and I worked out that if you take away his his time at Burnley, which was 21 months, he's only been the Bournemouth manager for a total of four years and seven months. He's, He's gained promotion out of every single division, so three promotions, and plus in his first season, he saved us from almost certain extinction and going out of the Football League. So in, in, in four four years and seven months, there can't be any manager who's achieved that much no. in such a short space of time.
2: Michael, thanks very much for joining us. We'll, we'll leave it there. And I suppose I, I should wish you luck. I do wish you luck for the weekend against Charlton. I think you'll win, <laughs> but I think we're going to win as well. So we'll see you in the Premier League. You can be runners-up. We'll be champions.
3: Well, obviously I hope that, that doesn't happen, but well done to Watford. It's been a good a good tussle at the top there this season, and, and, and I'm glad we've both come out on top of it.
2: Indeed, and uh, depending on a, on a, both of our fortunes in the future, this may well be, I mean, I'll be on the podcast again next season, but the listeners will be pleased, they won't be talking about Watford, but we may or may not speak to you again in the future.
3: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. All right, and I
2: really enjoyed the show, so thanks a lot. Lovely.
1: Thanks, mate. You're listening to We Are Going Up. We've got the Football League covered. Michael Dunn from the All Departments Bournemouth podcast, uh, which you can download right now, talking uh, to DC, um, Watford and Bournemouth in the Premier League next season. Well, Bournemouth, unless there's a ridiculous goal swing on Saturday, which just isn't going to happen. As Um,
2: Charlton were very keen to point out. Yeah,
1: yeah, on Twitter. I did like that. Um, So uh, are you going to win the league on Saturday? Are you going to be there?
2: Um, Well, here's the thing. It was sold out. For a while ago. It was while I was in America it it sold out. And not being a season ticket holder, you know, it would have been probably a slight struggle to get a ticket for this game anyway. But I have been trying to get tickets. And I've got a couple of of irons in the fire. And I think, uh, it it remains unclear, but I think I might have agreed to pay £100 for two tickets. (laughs) (laughs) You might. Well, the thing is, I've I've, I've got, I'm not a... um, it's been many years since I've been an active member of the Watford Forums. Uh, Twitter has very yeah. much replaced that, that role in, in my life. Um, so I signed up again to the, to the one that's used these days, uh, which is always so you always get treated with a bit of suspicion when they see that you've only got one post and you're asking for a ticket and they don't like <laughs> yeah. it. Um, yeah. But I, there was a guy it who said, look, I've got two tickets. For the rookery end, they're going to go to the first, the highest bidder by 1 p.m. on Wednesday, and this was on Monday. And I only found, luckily, only found this thread at literally nine minutes to one uh, on what is Wednesday afternoon as we re- as we record this. So I immediately said the highest bidder was 70 at that point. I said I'll give you 100 for the pair, um, <laughs> and he's not got back to anyone since. So I don't know whether I've won or not. If I've won, I'm going to go. Right. If if not, then. There's a small chance someone else might have have me a ticket, but it's not looking good because the game isn't not going to be on Sky. So my backup plan, which was to watch it in the pub in Watford with my dad, has now been scuppered. I'll have to watch bloody Ipswich no. uh, and and Derby. Blackbird. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but it's going to be an amazing atmosphere, though, isn't it? It is going to be amazing. And, I, and I should make one point uh, clear that uh, the the money uh, that I may well be paying for these tickets, the the exorbitant amount of money over face value. Isn't in vain, actually. It's not going to line the pockets of the guy who's who's giving them to me kindly. It's the money over-the-face value of the tickets he's going to donate to the Nick Cruz uh, oh, appeal. Excellent. Obviously, the Watford fan who was severely injured uh, after the Wolves away game a few months ago now. And that has been a real part of Watford's charge Promotion there's been this hashtag that all the players and, and the staff and everyone's been using it, hashtag for Nick for promotion and they've had banners in the stands and all the players have mentioned him when you know in post-match interviews and when we finally did it on Saturday so it's been great to see the club rally around Nick and it's was, it was so sad really that he couldn't be there to see the team go up but it's uh, you know he's been in all of our thoughts and then you know it's a great to see so many people donating so much money. You are gonna win the league? I think we are we're going to win the league I don't go. care what Bournemouth are going to do the, the, the one thing we've been the best at doing this season better than anyone else is beating the teams who you know aren't, aren't very good or, or, or average you know, we've got a terrible record
1: against the top teams but that doesn't matter because we've beaten everyone else so Watford against Sheffield Wednesday at Vicarage Road on Saturday Bournemouth are away at the Valley having a promotion party so the playoffs Middlesbrough who obviously had that crazy 4-3 loss at Fulham with the keeper going up in injury time. And... Well, I mean, what would you have done there? Do you, oh, I don't know. Karanka's
2: I mean... defended it, saying a draw wouldn't really have been good enough, but it would have meant that they pressure would have still been on Bournemouth and Watford to get results if if,
1: if they had a point. I know, because, yeah, so if, if that had stayed at 3-0, they would have 85, so... Bournemouth would need at least a draw at Charlton on the final day. And you know what football's like, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Bit of a gam- bit of a gamble, mm. I suppose, you know. Uh, I think a lot of football fans like to see their manager be sort of cavalier. But yeah, maybe that was not an occasion to do it, especially having been 3 1 down with 10 men. Yeah. But anyway, they're going to be in the playoffs They're going to enter Brighton on the final day. And as things stand, we're set for a Norwich Ipswich playoff semi final. Brilliant. Uh, which would be amazing. Um, and Derby who having had a four-all at Huddersfield a couple of weeks ago, had a three-all at Millwall last weekend, shipping goals left, right and centre, but Mm. scoring them, but they're still not in the playoffs confirmed. So uh, basically Ipswich are three points ahead of Brentford and Wolves, and they've got a goal difference that's a little bit better than both. Um, So they basically need a draw to be safe uh, away at Blackburn. And Derby, well, they've got Reading at home, which looks a very favourable fixture on paper. But if they mess that up, they might not even get in the... The playoffs at all which would be amazing when you consider that they were top of the league
2: in the early stages they came so close to going up last season and they've dealt with that pretty well for the most part but really the last few months you know there was the injuries but uh, you know as you've just mentioned there too many goals conceded four all draw against Huddersfield three or you know they, they were down three one against you know who in Millwall who are now relegated and They've shipped too many goals and they can't afford to do that again on sat- Saturday against Reading because I think, you know, you've got Brentford who are home to Wigan, I think, yep. uh, and you've got Wolves who are playing uh, Millwall. So yep. those two teams, they certainly, I think, will, you know, we, we'll be looking at those games and thinking that's three points. So. Any slip-ups at all, and they'll, you know, I think they could end up finishing seventh, which would be an utter disaster
1: for Derby. It would, and I mean, their goal difference is significantly better than Brentford and Wolves, so you'd think one point will be enough. Hmm. Uh, well, it will be enough, basically. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if uh, I think they'd lost at home to Reading in the FA Cup, I seem to remember earlier this season. So, uh, Reading have won at the iPro already this season. Yeah, if they finish in, but look at look at last week. Yeah, you know,
2: you Fulham were were pretty much safe. Yeah, and they beat Middlesbrough. You know, and you wouldn't have necessarily expected Rotherham to 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 get come back and get a point against Norwich, who needed to win to stay in the automatic promotion race. So you can't rule these things out. No, you can't. You can't look at it and say, "Oh, Reading are done for. Reading are on, you know, on the beach or or whatever." Or Millwall, Wigan are down. It's Mill, you know, Neil Harris's first game as permanent manager, last one of the season, probably wants to go out on a
1: on a high note. Same goes for Wigan. So. I wouldn't rule any anything out from happening on, on the last day. You mentioned uh, Neil Harris there, uh, first game as permanent manager. He is the new manager in Millwall, but Millwall and Wigan have both been relegated. That's because Rotherham won that crucial game in hand, uh, which has been hanging over them after the points deduction was confirmed. Uh, they were playing Reading Tuesday night this week at the New York Stadium. A 2-1 victory And Steve Evans, Mm. well, he he threatened to take his shirt off completely. Thank God I I don't think he did in the end. But he he was certainly sticking it to Sam Gregory, the Millwall striker, wasn't he?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I wonder whether he's drunk all of his 12 bottles of pink champagne uh, yet.
1: I'm sure he has. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, But not exactly the... Never one to be shy and retiring uh, in a moment of victory, is he,
1: Steve Evans? Not the most magnanimous, Uh, no.
2: But I mean, what can you say? Apart from well done and good luck to him. He's kept them up. As two promotions and now a consolidation of sorts in the, in the championship. It, 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 one of, you know, over the last three seasons, there
1: aren't many managers who can boast that sort of record. No, uh, we will get to our pre-season predictions uh, in a few weeks during the playoffs, but... Um... I'm almost certain I said that Wigan were going to get promoted automatically. Oh, I definitely and they've did, been yeah. relegated um yeah. in sort of terrible fashion second bottom they have finished 23rd after being in the playoffs last season, being in the Premier League 2 years ago and winning the FA Cup 2 years ago. For Millwall and Wigan, it's a, a rebuilding job under new managers next season. Yeah. Uh, and but different jobs I think.
2: In, in Millwall are a team who were uh, expected to struggle I think this season certainly are a team that have struggled traditionally in the last few years in the championship. And they are a much smaller club in terms of recent stature, in terms of the finances and having been in the Premier League. They've never been in the Premier League comparing them to Wigan. And they've got a manager, Neil Harris, who is his first opportunity to take a club like Millwall. He's a club legend at Millwall. And I think he's He's a good, sensible appointment for them. I think he'll fit and he'll, he'll get performances out of as he has done in the last few weeks. It's not been enough, but we've seen a change in Millwall's uh, spirit and performance level since he's been in charge. And I think, you know, with a summer and a pre-season, I think next season they'll, they'll be relatively confident of being competitive towards the playoffs and, and, a, and higher in League One. Wigan, it's a completely different picture. I think you just don't know what's going to happen because the shock of falling direct straight out of the championship uh, uh, having so so recently been in the in the premier league go, going down to league 1 and recently been in the fa cup final i just think that it might take a while for them to really wake up and and see what's happening and, and before they can move forward
1: we'll have to watch them both closely next season they will be playing in league 1 but who will they be playing against because uh, the final day of the League One season is, um, interestingly, on Sunday. So basically you've got the Championship kicking off at lunchtime on Saturday at 12.15, League Two at 3 o'clock on Saturday, and then League One at 12.15 on Sunday. Bristol City are going to lift the trophy there at home to Walsall. They are the champions. Uh, we know, confirmed now, that Swindon, Sheffield United and Chesterfield are all in the playoffs, uh, particularly good season for uh, Chesterfield. In fact, Chesterfield and Sheffield United both play each other on the final day, basically for a playoff in terms of who wants to play Uh, Swindon and who wants to play either MK Dons or Preston Uh, but DC is basically between Preston and MK Dons the live game on Sky on Sunday is Colchester who need the points to stay up against Preston away from home they're one point clear of MK Dons who are away at Yeovil MK Dons have got a much better goal difference it's all on one match for Simon Grayson's side and I think they'll win it
2: I think Preston will do it I think Joe Garner will get them the goals that they need he's in fantastic form uh they won't want to be in the playoffs, as we've discussed many, many times this season. MK Dons have pushed them all the way, and they've had a good season, a, a probably a much better season than many people thought they would do. Um, but I think Preston will do it. I'd back
1: them to beat Colchester and get the win they need to go up. Well, one thing's for sure: if they don't get the win, they're going to finish in the playoffs. Because I do not see MK Dons screwing up away at Yeovil. Uh, no, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeovil already down. And now it is three from six at the bottom of League One. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, this is a table with uh, one game to go. Uh, Orient, 48 points, second bottom. Colchester, 49 points, third bottom. They were 1-0 up against Swindon in that game in hand on Tuesday night and could only get a draw, which is a really bad uh, two points dropped, if you consider, as we already have, that they're playing Preston on, uh, on Sunday. Crawley, just in the relegation zone on goal difference on 50 points and then just ahead of uh, just their heads above water. Notts County on 50 points and Crew and Coventry on 52 points. So if we look at the games on the final day, Coventry and Crawley are playing each other. Of course they are. Uh, Notts County are away at Gillingham. Orient away at Swindon. Colchester at home to Preston. So DC, if we just run through those games, do you see Orient getting anything away at Swindon? Possibly, yeah. I think you know, Swindon are in the playoffs, whatever happens. They're two points behind... Uh, they basically they're two points in the relegation zone so they have to win at swindon. I, and swindon haven't been on fire, have they? Really? That's true. So I I I think there's a chance, yeah. Okay. Colchester, you've already written off their chances against Preston. Yeah, I think given the fixture I think so, yeah. They'll be relegated. So then it's all on these other games. Crawley uh, at home to Coventry. What a game. <laughs> uh, what a game last no, day of the season. No, it's not then you you'd say that about Crawley and <laughs> Coventry, is it? But that, is that on Sky? It should be. <laughs> no, they've got the Colchester Preston game. I think that's the only one they're showing. Um, crew are at home to Bradford. Notts County away at Gillingham. So Crew and Notts County are playing mid-table teams who've not got anything to play for. Um, Orient and Colchester are playing team... Well, Orient, sorry, are playing Swindon who are in the playoffs, nothing to play for. It's very, very difficult to predict. I would say, my guess, I think Orient, Colchester and Notts County are going to go down. You can't pick them, can you? I mean, any you know, anything can happen. It's just... I've
2: just got a feeling that, that Crawley might beat Coventry, which would that automatically send them down if they lose?
1: No, not, not necessarily. Depending on the other results, isn't it? With the yeah. other two so it's going to be one of, one of those days where you're just going to have to have your, your live scores app open yeah. continually, Sunday lunchtime. Uh, we'll discuss that on the show next week, the result of that and who goes down. and I'm sure we'll speak to a couple of people as well. League 2 then, Burton, conceal the title. Uh, if they win away at Cambridge on the final day, Shrewsbury have been promoted with a uh, a 1-0 win away at Cheltenham. I think we all had them, didn't we? Oh, I think so, yeah. Be a
2: unanimous tick in the, in the prediction box for all you of know, us.
1: You um, know, in contrast to previous seasons, I haven't actually revisited the predictions before. So usually at this stage, I have a cheeky listen, you know, at this stage of the season to see how right or wrong they were. But this year, I'm not going to listen at all until we play them. So, I cannot say for certain whether I did or didn't have Shrewsbury. I
2: remember all, all the only ones I can remember are the terrible ones. And especially when you get to the top goal
1: scorers, <laughs> I've had a particularly bad year. What was mine um, last year? I'm trying to think. Who did I have? The Burton striker who was at Torquay. You had Forgo- uh... forgotten his name. <laughs> Completely forgotten his name. It was that memorable. Anyway. So, anyway, yes, yeah, so Shrewsbury are up. Congratulations to Mickey Mellon and everyone there. So, it's all on that third spot on saturday uh south end won 1-0 against luton they were down to 10 men on their goal have you seen this on the football league show no i haven't it's i haven't abs- caught up the league 2 yet it's an absolutely terrible goalkeeping error Com- completely lets it through him heartbreaking goal for us for um for south end to score with 5 minutes to go berry beat uh, wimbledon 2-0 i was there for that bit nervy at times but got the job done and wickham lost at home to Morecambe 1-0 It wasn't Uh, Kev, though, was it? It wasn't, but a terrible, terrible result at just the wrong point. Um, So do you want to know how we line up on the last day? Yeah. So it's Southend on 84, uh, and their final game is away at Morecambe. Always love you, Kevin Ellison. Uh, Berry on 82, away at already relegated Trammere. We'll talk more about Trammere themselves in a second. And then Wickham on 81, and they're away at Northampton. So basically, the only way Wickham are going to be promoted now is if South End lose and Bury don't win and I just think that's unlikely and they win and they win I just think that combination yeah. is unlikely I just cannot see all three of those things happening given that yeah. given the fixtures so I think it's between South End and Bury and actually it's really simple on paper now for us because there's a 2 point gap we know that a draw's no good to us so we have to win win the game and then and then quickly- wait and see
2: so what the hell's happening at, uh, at, Morecambe. Um, at Morecambe?
1: So we're taking, uh, I've got my ticket already, we're taking 2,300. Uh, all sold out, all the tickets now, to Tramere on Saturday. So it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere on our part. I'm not quite sure about the home fans, but so 2,300 fans, we just got to win. And because of our goal difference, which is one better than South Ends, basically if they draw, and obviously we'd, we have to win anyway, goal difference is not going to be a factor. That's going to be in our favour. So basically if we win and they don't win, Even if they draw, then we're promoted. And we have one hell of a party on Saturday. Um, Mm -hmm. But if they obviously win, then it'll be Phil Brown who's celebrating. Well, Um,
2: i will, as big a fan of Phil Brown as, as I am. As you know, I will be an honorary shaker Come on, mate. on Saturday, uh, on purely financial grounds, because you will round off what will hopefully be uh, a
1: wonderful uh, treble for me, as we detailed a few weeks ago. But a double promotion. We could have Watford and Berry both promoted, which would be unheard of.
2: Well, and, Sw- and Swindon. Don't count me oh, yeah. out
1: just yet. And Swindon. Um, so anyway, so I will... And even Leicester are going to stay up. <laughs> I
2: know. It's so a happy season for all uh all past and present, uh, past and present yeah. wagyu members apart from not uh, apart from poor Toppo topo
1: um forest still, still dragging in down mid table um so yeah next week i'll be able to tell you how it goes uh if we don't go up on saturday it's looking like plymouth in the playoffs uh, in the playoff spots the other player spot, Stevenage are almost there. And then and fact, you'd Stevenage, be home there? second, wouldn't we you? We would, yes. Yeah. So Stevenage are, are there for? Would
2: you go? Are you going to
1: go to? I asked, you, I asked you this last week. but Will you go to go to home park? It depends on. I think if we finish fourth, uh, we would be playing on a Saturday evening at seven forty-five. So I probably, well, they, I probably would. Um, yeah. If we finish fifth, I think the game would be at six thirty-five on a Sunday evening, which is perhaps not as easy to get back from. Um, no, so probably not. We'll have to wait and see. Luton basically have got a win against Stevenage and hope that Plymouth lose about fifteen nil. So that's not going to happen. So Luton, yep. after all their early promise, are uh, going to finish just outside. But still, my heart bleeds. <laughs> it does. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. Kevin McNulty got in the team of the season though. Did you see that? He did. Um, I'm not a fan of. Um, uh, them after Saturday anyway they've, they've let me down losing when I needed them most on Saturday so I'm going to join you with that good riddance to them they can stay in in eighth um, but we've got to talk about down the bottom it's all uh, mm-hmm. over Hartlepool have com- a they've completed the great escape unbelievable turnaround it had to be Ronnie Moore as well the former manager of Tranmere and it's Tranmere Rovers in League One last season who are going to be in the conference next season and joined by Cheltenham
2: yeah and we of course spoke to the Tranmere uh, owner Chairman Mark Palios, uh, at the start of the season just after just after he took over, and you know it, he the, one of the first questions I asked him was why why did you, why have you done this why are you getting involved and you know he said Tranmere close to you know have always been close to my heart and when I saw them go down and the situation they that they are in I thought God if I, if someone doesn't do something they could slide right out of the football league so uh, you know he came in with the intention of saving them from that fate but.
1: That's exactly what's happened. They're gone. Unbelievable. Uh, and Cheltenham as well. I mean, Trammy had 94 years in the Football League, so this is a huge thing. Uh, Cheltenham, I think mm. 16 years. Uh, still very, I and mean, they've been a team who've been in the playoffs, you know, the last few seasons. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. amazing how how quick it can all change. But uh, well, it's all been qu-
2: disastrous since, I know, you know. Since, it's all been disastrous since Mark Yates left,
1: really. Yeah. A quick word for Hartlepool, though. Amazing turnaround.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. And we all get to enjoy Jeff Stelling's uh, jubilant do. celebrations in the Football League again uh, next season. But, um, a brill- you know, they looked dead and buried. They really did. Ronnie Moore's come in. He's done a great job. And he- he's on Twitter of Ronnie, isn't he? Is he? And it- yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he tweets quite a lot about oh, getting the players up for it and, you know, how much he's been he really been talking a lot about the motivational side of the job that he's been doing and he's been firing those players up and getting them
1: to believe and obviously along the way it's worked amazing and we should say congratulations to Barnett who are going to be back in the football league next season they clinched promotion I think it was against Gateshead with a 2-0 win uh, on Saturday Martin Allen Maddog um, is, is back in the football league what was what was his column didn't you used to read his column Martin Allen Sunday, yeah, sermon. Al- Sunday, Sunday Sermon. Martin. That was it. Sunday Sermon. Yeah, That was a blast from the past. Yeah. Maybe that'll be back next season. So well done to Barnett, um, who've been promoted. But I tell you what, mate, League Two is going to be a hell of a Southern League next season. A hell of a Southern League. So for Barry's sake, they need to get up to League One. But we'll have to wait and see. Good luck to your team on the final day of the season this weekend. Now, just a reminder... Uh, We would like your young players still, please. We want to know the best young player at your club who is, what, 21? 21 or under and has played for the first team this season. Those are the rules. Who's yours, Mark? Who's Berries? Oh, under 21. I'd say Danny Rose. I think he's under 21. I'll do a quick Google on that. What about Watford? It's got to be Tommy Hoban, who
2: has uh, played a lot of games this season. Young defender, uh, broke into the team under Malky Mackay and played quite a few games under Zola, had a really bad injury last season didn't play much at all, which bounced back from that. And whenever he's played, he's, he's looked assured and growing more and more with each game.
1: Yeah, Danny Rose is 21. So he would, he would be my shout this season. I think he scored, I think, nine goals, something like that this season. Um, mainly coming on from the substitutes bench, although he hasn't had the best couple of months recently but he's certainly very effective earlier in the season so we want to hear from you tweet us at wagyu podcast or you can contact us via the website which is wearegoingup.co.uk. email uh, wagupodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com all the offers are still there as well uh, audible.co.uk slash going up you can download a free audiobook on us uh, you got a free 30-day trial won't cost you anything um and you can cancel at the end of the trial period also paddy power offer uh, brand new account, Better Fiverr, get a free twenty quid bet. So it's the last you weekend to, our to our homepage, do it. Surely it is. Yeah. it is. Go and click on the uh, the thing on the homepage, and also the football pools as well. It's definitely the last weekend. The thing to do about that it is, if you if, season. you
2: if you do your Paddy Power bet right, and you get your free five pound bet, and you put an accumulator on, it's the last day of the season. You know, any you know, stupid results happen, and you just might get something crazy this day of all days might be the day when you get like a ludicrous 10,000 to one bet might come in <laughs> with a string of seven away victories and or something like that if it's going to happen it, any day it would be the last day of the season
1: i was gonna say if it's ever gonna happen uh it is now uh, right that is it for this week's we are going up live from the glorious northwest and the glorious southeast um i'll be back in london next week so Um, I'll either, uh, DC, when we meet up, be able to, um, well, be telling you stories of an amazing night out in Liverpool probably on Saturday or a slightly deflated journey back home and uh, a look ahead to the playoffs. But you, in the meantime, could be celebrating being uh, the best team in the Football League this season.
2: And I've got every confidence that not only will Watford win the league and become the champions of the championship on Saturday Mark you
1: are going up as well let's hope so are you going to go to um, walkabout or thingy where did Akechi Anya go on Saturday he lost his wallet they were, didn't he? They were
2: in they were in Yates's right, and then they went to Oceana what wonderful scenes absolutely brilliant <laughs> scenes that we saw from the Watford players uh, on Saturday night and did you see Anya lost his wallet yeah I was just
1: saying yeah. yeah amazing. I don't know if
2: he's got it back yet okay Right, okay. And you see, he was really worried. He was like, I, I love catchy He's an absolute great man. But he was like so upset about losing his driving licence. <laughs> I'm sure you can afford 70 quid for a new one.
1: Absolutely. Right, that is it for this week's We Are Going Up. Thanks for listening. We will speak to you next week with our reflections. Gulp. On the final day, the final weekend of the Football League season. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got-
0: Got the Football League covered.